Oh, I get to do my swip noise. Yes. No, shit. Oh, I'll just add it in and post. Shit. I thought I had it in. Thwip. Yeah. That's <laughs> the most lazy. This is the laziest thwip. <laughs> right. So, Rob, intro us. Pick a mix. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Amazing Popcorn Pocket Podcast with the superior Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films. <laughs> no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> One, I'm laughing and that's just going to go there. So what I like about that is it sounds like the superior Ben and then also Rob. Yeah. Is that, was that intentional? Because if so, you need to check your self-esteem, buddy. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being superior. I couldn't think of any other Spider-Man. But you could be spectacular. You could have the tangled web of Rob. <laughs> you could have the ultimate Rob. Okay, it's okay. Well, do a clean take. Obviously, I'm going to leave all this in. But please do, because I, I, was, I was laughing and I didn't want to spoil it. So please, go again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Amazing Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Superior Ben and Dr. Rob Tippers. <laughs> You could have gone the Green Roblin. Uh, Roblin, yeah, of course, that was right there. <laughs> the Lex Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Uncle Ben and Rob. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Do a clean one. Do a nice one for Grandma. Are you going to bark all day? Just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny! You are a sad, strange little man. These guys will let it. Don't fail me again. Rosebud. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Amazing Popcorn Bucket Podcast with the superior Ben and the spectacular Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This week is a pick and mix episode, a non-form episode in which we are going to talk, take a spoiler-filled look at uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you have not seen the film and don't know that Danny Rojas is in it and Spider-Man is life, stop listening now. I was racking my brain as to where I recognised him from and I was like, I know his face. Why do I know his face? Yeah, Ted Lasso. Um... So, yes, I, well, I think a lot of people have seen this because it's just crossed a billion at the box I know, office. Yeah, yeah, first pandemic film, first post-pandemic era film to cross a billion. Yeah, I mean, good for it. And just as kind of there's been more restrictions being brought in and people are possibly a bit wary about going out again. Mm, yeah, that's, that's really impressive. Hmm. I mean, I knew, I knew that people were really obviously looking forward to this, Spider-Man one of the most popular heroes, uh, superheroes of all time. I believe that, and not that you can gauge on merch sold, but he does sell more merch than Batman and Superman. I think by a large margin as well, it's crazy how much Spider-Man shifts. And I think it's just because he appeals to kids and big kids. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's like, in, it's like into the Spider-Verse, isn't it? It's just like, it could be anyone under the mask. It always fits. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Hilarity ensues. 
It stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Revolori, and Marissa Tomei. Directed by John Watts. Yeah. Sorry, how did you pronounce Zendaya's name? Zendaya. I said, I said, I think I, I think I added another syllable in. Well, it's just, I just, it just, it took me a while because I was always saying Zendaya. I think I may have said Zendaya. <laughs> That's good too. You should write to her and say, you know, Zendaya works, but Zendaya. Think about it. So yes, so we done saw No Way Home. We did not see it together. We did not. We did see it on the same day, though. We did. Yes. And uh, what? Let's just have a few non-spoilery thoughts. Non-spoiler kind of things. Your reaction. So, what, what did you think of it? I was wary of when I sat there. I was kind of because it was a full screening, and I was kind of wary of it's a full screening. You know, we got Omicron, so mm. I was I was a little wary of it. Sort of seeing it with a massive um, audience because I do tend to like quieter screenings anyway. Yes, um, even in pre-COVID times, I've always quite liked. This. I think it's something quite nice about see, seeing a film in an empty room. Oh, for sure. That said, I was really glad to see it with an audience because I think we added a lot more to it. One, uh, there's a clip on YouTube of spoilers for Endgame, but then if you if you listen to a Spider-Man one, you've probably seen Endgame. The bit at the end of the portal bit, the sort of the hammer and portal bit at the yes. end of Endgame. There's there's a video on. I think Marvel used it as a promo thing for the Power of Cinema, which has the audience reaction to a. Oh, they go nuts, and it, and it's amazing. I think I've never. I don't think I've ever been in the cinema where something like that's happened. So this is, I guess, the closest I've got to it. And it, it really added to the film. There's sort of cheers of bits and gasps and things, which was really nice. As the film, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I I think Tom, um, Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. Um, I thought he was fantastic in, well, in his introduction in Civil War. I thought he was good in Homecoming. Far From Home, you're much keener on it than I am. Yeah, it's only it's only since people started like ranking the Spider-Man films, and I found out that people really don't like Far From Home that much. Some people outright hate it. I think I, I, I don't know if this is getting too ahead or too spoilery. One of the uh, one of the not the criticisms or one of the feelings I've seen around this iteration iteration version mm-hmm. of uh, of Spider-Man is that he's too much in. Marvel or Tony Stark in particular's shadow, and I think that in the three films, Far From Home, he is—it's um, almost not really his film. It's almost like a Tony Stark legacy film. Yeah, I get that. I've I've heard that criticism a lot—the whole Iron Boy Junior type thing—and I get it, but I sort of don't at the same time. I think it is—it's a little bit disconcerting taking a uh, character who's financial troubles and just bad luck are an essential part of the character and then to sort of have him gifted like a a billion dollar drone thing Hmm. and you know have avengers money and things like that i mean he doesn't personally have that money but certainly i'm i'm sure that stark you know him gifting that is is uh insane but uh and yeah i get it i i do i do understand it it's never bothered me because i thought it was interesting what they did uh you know because we had we had the raimi movies and i think they did the uncle ben thing brilliantly yeah in that one the, the amazing spider-man movies i think they botched the uncle ben thing while i'd like martin sheen yes. as as uncle ben i think he's brilliant and cliff robertson we've always had good uncle ben's 
it i i thought that him sort of like going for the gun and then getting shot like you know that i don't know it it just it it modeled what should be a very very clear dramatic thing in in the comics in in the ultimate spider-man comics which is what the uh amazing spider-man movies were mainly drawing from uh uncle ben it, it's a home invasion and uncle ben just tries to talk the burglar down and the burglar panics and shoots him okay which is a much clearer kind of thing of uncle ben being like more of a pacifist yeah. rather than yeah, yeah. seeing some random person on the street flashing a gun and then going to grab for it like you know i mean that that takes bravery and guts anyway but it's it's sort of do you know what i mean it's it sort of changes the tone of the whole thing and and so yeah so doing the uncle ben thing again i think would have been a mistake absolutely yes um and i thought it was interesting that they sort of almost grandfathered him in with tony stark being tony stark's mentor i thought it was an interesting way to get into the mcu and it worked i I have no problem with the with the sort of tony stark relationship yeah, but I, I think I, I do think they did get slightly away from the thing because he, you know, he had the Iron Spider suit and mm. and and you know, uh, as I said, the drone system and Edith and all of that. But I think most of the time, the people criticizing that sort of thing aren't looking at the things that it gets way right about Peter Parker. Mm. Whereas I think. The Amazing Spider-Man films, especially, really botched what Peter Parker was about. Okay. Uh, uh, if you look at the Amazing Spider-Man two, there's a bit where he has to watch a YouTube video on how magnets work. When he's meant to be a science genius. Yeah, yeah, and he gets his web from Oscorp, yeah. who are yeah. using it for sort of tether. It doesn't make any sodding sense. Like, yes, we live in a world where a, a teenager can create a a an industrial strength web fluid thing, but believability is not on the table here because we're talking about Spider-Man, you know? So that, so that sort of thing. Anyway, the point being is that, yes, I have seen that thing and I can understand why people took against it, but I think a lot of the time, and maybe far from home was the sort of peak of the iron boy kind of thing, because it still was, I mean, you've got in the trailer and the thing everywhere i look i see his face yeah. and and yeah, yeah. yeah and the whole reason he gives it over to mysterio is because mysterio looks and acts like tony stark he's a stark alike yeah so but you know then again the film does make explicit things that he doesn't want to be the new iron man so there's there's some wiggle room there but i i think the people who have really really taken against the tom holland one are sort of Sort of missing some of the some of the great character beats about the whole thing. Oh no, I, I don't take it. I'm not saying you you're one of them. It's just you, you happen to share an opinion with people who have much much stronger opinions <laughs> and will shout at people on the internet. I wouldn't shout at people on the internet. I know you wouldn't. I don't think you'd shout at people in real life, would you? Yeah. Would you? <laughs> So anyway, so that was the end of our Spider-Man pod. I talked for about 15 uninterrupted minutes about Spider-Man. Obviously, I'm going to cut that down. (laughs) But it's just just because it's been niggling at me. Okay. The fact that they just dismissed the Tom Holland thing just because of that, I thought was a little bit unfair on the movies, considering how much they get right. I would say Far From Home is my least favourite of the Tom Holland films, but I really like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I like this Mm. iteration. Um, I think his the supporting cast around him are fantastic as well. Yes, for sure. 
I yeah, I also loved it. I mean, I was probably going to anyway. I've been a big fan of uh, of what the MCU have done with hmm. Spider Man, and especially after the Amazing Spider Man movies, it needed it needed a big old reset. And I was I was kind of all the sort of rumors about the movie and things like that, which obviously we will get into because spoil because this is a spoiler special, a spider spoiler special. I was concerned. I think I even said in an old Pick a Mix episode that I was concerned uh, if they were bringing too much into it, multiple villains and multiple heroes, just this sort of like it was going to be a bit of a clusterfuck. Because one of the main criticisms of Spider-Man 3 was that it was overstuffed with the villains because you had, or or you had, you had um, Sandman, um, Venom and New New Goblin. Goblin. Yeah. And that was three. And then this is five yeah, well, but the thing was, Raimi only cared about Sandman. Yeah, and that shows yeah. in the thing. He didn't give a shit about the snowboarder Goblin or or Venom. So you know, you can see that. But uh, but yeah, overall, I loved it, and I I thought the fan servicey stuff was really really well done. Yeah. you know, I was really keen to see it again. Actually, I've not gone back and seen it, but I am really keen to see it again. I'm glad you said about the. Uh, seeing it with the audience as well because uh yeah in our screening there are there are claps and whoops yeah when certain things happened and and i was while i didn't vocalize them i was feeling it you know and, and that's when you feel connected to an audience it's a weird sensation isn't it when yeah. you kind of yeah, yeah you all feel on the same page and you know cinema is a great unifier in that way but don't worry though because there's a fucking joy thief over at the independent did you see this article was this about he didn't like... Um, I saw the headline. Yeah, he cut like... the clapping, Spider-Man fans. You're ruining cinema. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that is part of going to the cinema. I mean, I think talking through it is annoying, but laughing and that isn't. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, the thing is, I sort of get it. I mean, from what I understand of uh, American screenings, they tend to be a lot more vocal. Yes. I mean, depending where you are, but they tend to be a lot more vocal and a lot more kind of that sort of end game reaction. Yeah. That's, that's a huge version of what happens normally, but there are people who, you know, that's part of the, part of the, uh, part of the experience here in old Blighty, we don't tend to, we tend to be a bit more reserved. Well, you and I went to an outdoor screening of back to the future a couple of years ago. And yeah. That had a lot of people sort of chant, uh, not chanting, cheering and stuff. Like, like. Yeah, that's 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 different. Yeah, when George McFly punches Biff. Yeah, and everyone sort of goes, hey, and then cheers when it happens. It's, it's good. It adds to the, the experience. It does. It does. And and while I wouldn't want to see every film like that, no. there are certain things, especially if you've seen it a bunch, like something like Back to the yes. Future. Yeah. You know, you. It, I mean, it's a it's a hell of a moment when he punches him and then and then uh, kisses Lorraine, and it's yeah, it's a real punch the air kind of movement and uh and it's nice when people go Way! it wouldn't work for some films yeah schindler's list Rackin for a dream wouldn't work for those remember when this was a spider-man podcast i know so are we in spoiler territory now because i think i think there's no there's no way to chat about this movie yeah properly uh, without okay so i guess venturing into spoilers final spoiler warning if you're not seeing it um, yeah, it just just know it's excellent. Yeah. It's a really, really good movie. And as Rob said, I think seeing it with an audience definitely adds something. It's nice when someone has seen it as well, because then you can talk about it with them. Yeah, I had to wait a... Uh, well, I had to wait to discuss this film with Rob until now. Uh, we, we both saw it uh, one day after release date, I think. Yeah. But then, you know, I had to... 
uh, to do Christmas type stuff. It was painful waiting to chat about this movie because I was so excited and I had all this energy, but it just it, it just couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, my energy's gone now. That's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's dissipated now. But you know, so I, this is this is maybe like the ultimate Spider-Man movie. Yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll talk about. It. So they bring in the villains. So we get to see Willem Dafoe back. Well, it picks up immediately after. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes. Uh, when his identity has been released by J.K. Simmons. Yes. Well, I, I always found it interesting because uh, in the comics, Peter Parker is notoriously protective of his secret identity. Yeah. Uh, and and the MCU kind of did away with that pretty quickly. At the end of Homecoming, Aunt May finds out. Yes. Obviously, he's, yeah. he's got Ned as well, yeah. so Ned knows. Um and then in Far From Home, uh, MJ, and then everybody finds out. And and then and so so you kind of had to deal with that. And so I, I found it kind of interesting. Again, it's the whole the MCU doing away with secret identities as a thing. It started from I am Iron Man way back in 2008. You know, that was that was the kind of thing. So to so, so kind of do that and have a world where everyone knows Spider-Man, it's, that's interesting. And and the whole uh Doctor Strange thing kind of, you know tapping into the multiverse and and things like that it's it's a great great excuse to bring back some uh truly fantastic characters and i've always i've always thought that Raimi absolutely nailed getting willem dafoe and alfred Molina as a uh, goblin and orc but then i mean thomas hayden church as sandman i was so pleased to see him again because he was the best part of spider-man 3 how's the dancing I told you before, I actually, I don't like the dancing, but I will defend the dancing. <laughs> and and Jamie Foxx actually gets a proper, like, go at being, like, a character rather than just this blue, light-up, nonsense cartoon. Yeah, I like how, because I guess that's kind of explained, because Spider-Man attacks him while he's trying to come through, I guess, from the other side. Mm. So that's why he ends up with his, like, not blue yeah the, the the energy in this universe is is different hmm. so uh so you know but uh but yeah and uh and Reese fans is the lizard as well which i'm sure was a very very easy day at work for Reese fans because he, he he had to voice the lizard a bit yeah i think he probably had the least to do of of the returning villains which i was a little bit disappointed by but then you can't have it all like no, this no. film is is you know, stuffed to the brim. But it doesn't feel overstuffed. No, I, that's, I think one of my main points about this is that you have all these villains and yes, you have the other spider heroes. What? I know, right? The worst kept secret in filmmaking history. You say, you say that, but it was still a nice surprise when oh, it actually happened. Yeah, exactly. It, no, and it, it totally was. And, 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 you know, and it deserved the clapping. I, I mm. felt that sort of elation as well. Like, I was like, oh, brilliant. I was super excited to see Daredevil. Yes! I thought yes. that was nice. Charlie Cox coming back mm. and, 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 yeah, and getting just a little scene. Yes. Um, but catching the thing and saying he's a really good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was, that was great. Well, the rumour is that Charlie Cox is going to be in the She-Hulk TV series. Oh, okay. Because she's a lawyer. Yes. So it makes sense. Yeah, Daredevil coming back was was great, and there, there was there was like a, a murmur for that one. There, there there was there was proper cheering for the two Spider Men, but you know for for Charlie Cox, people were like oh, yeah, it's more know, disbelief. Kind of yeah. their friends, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, and despite 
all of that, which could have been like, you know, the talking point in any other movie, it manages to tell a really great personal story about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Yeah. And his friends and MJ and Ned. I mean, they have been, they have been a, a brilliant trifecta throughout the trilogy. Because even in even in Homecoming, I I love how cool MJ is. Mm. Um, but but then yeah, the really like you you feel it that they're a proper team. There's a bit when I uh, well, when I was watching it where it was with the um with the college admissions and the sort of the rejection letters. I was I, I found myself as invested in that as I was with kind of all these you know the anticipation of the villains turning up. Yeah, well that's it. It's just but you know it it's that's that's such a that's such a good spider-man thing as well like he just he causes problems by being spider-man like yes he he saves a lot of people and he puts right a lot of wrongs but he him and anyone close to him normally have to pay some kind of karmic price and and yeah and, and them getting rejected because of him yeah sucks and you feel it you really do and and i think yeah, I think I think their their kind of friendship and their, their their teamwork really really comes into its own in this movie, and I I loved it. I thought it was so so good. I love the bit at the very beginning with the um, with Ned and Peter on the phone to each other, just shouting "dude" over and over dude! again. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's great, and you know I. I've I've always liked his his friendship with Ned. It, it, Ned was a weird amalgamation character. Ned Leeds is 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 not. It, 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 he's kind of ganky Lee, which is Miles Morales's friend. Yeah, he's the roommate in uh, Spider Verse, isn't he? Yes, I think so. Yeah, but they they kind of sort of co opted that whole thing, and you know, and kind of smushed those two characters together. And that that works. It's so so well done. The fact that they keep his story centered to it. And despite all these other things that could completely overshadow the, the main story, it doesn't. And I, it's a hell of a balancing act. Those reveals, those kind of cameos, callbacks, all that thing. It could have completely smothered the plot and the character work, but it doesn't. And it, it it's, it's as, it's as balanced as something like, Avengers Endgame or Infinity War where it has all those things going on yeah. but it keeps a nice focus on the actual story. So said about the the other Spider-Man in it I had, because obviously there have been so many rumours and speculation and Andrew Garfield deserves an Oscar for you know, for his interviews rather than where he's had to repeatedly deny for a year or so that he's that he's been anywhere near it. I, I assumed if they were in it it would be like a, a glorified cameo that maybe there'd be some... Because in the trailer, you had Doctor Strange going, everyone's come through and I can't see it, that maybe you'd see other versions of Spider-Man sort of swing across the screen and it was them, but it wasn't really them. They weren't really in it. But I was surprised that they both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in it and have kind of little arcs of their own and are, are in it for a substantial part of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Garfield especially. When you have that thing, when Ned opens the portal... And you get the sort of big-eyed Spider-Man, the, the the kind of Andrew Garfield thing. You can tell because he was tall as well. Yeah, well, that too. But yeah, just in that little bit where where he's he's got to prove to them that he's Spider-Man, other than being just up like him, and getting the cobweb from the corner of the room. It was so it was funny. It was charming. But also, that moment had come after a really really sad bit. 
straight away. That was the, that was the first scene after uh, Aunt May dies. Yeah. yeah. Can I say as well with the Aunt May thing because I think Marissa Tomei has been awesome mm. in these in these films. She really has, and and I'm really going to miss her. I, I I do love the because uh, I, I watched a bit of Civil War the other day just for the introduction of um of Peter Parker, and I, I do love the uh, Tony Stark saying that it's hard to believe you're somebody's aunt. Sort of speaking for the internet. Yeah, but but there's there's such a good bit in in Homecoming as well when uh, when Peter's recording everything and, and filming everything. He said, "Yeah, we probably need a, a an alibi for the Stark thing as well." And he's like, "Hey, mate, how you doing? What are you wearing? Something skimpy, I hope." Yes. <laughs> but no, she's been great. I I love that in Homecoming. There's a whole bit where Peter uh, wants to. He, he says, "May I need your help." And it's to get ready for prom, yeah, and to dance and things like that, and th- that's beautiful. I honestly, I think, I think the relationship, despite Marissa Tomei not being the sort of crusty old white-haired woman in the comics, it, it, it she's a she's a she's an aunt we'd all want. I think yeah. she's really, really kind of warm and loving. There, yeah, there's even a bit in again in Homecoming where. She comes into the room and and Peter's in his boxes with Ned. You remember that? Bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's just crawled in and, and yeah. then taken, that's how Ned finds out he's Spider Man. But it's not like a gay panic joke. She's just like, right, I burnt dinner, so do you want some Thai food hmm. or whatever? Like, it's at no point. She's what's going on here or anything like that. She's just like completely accepting. And even in this one, they have a thing where he's in a state of undress with MJ. Yep. And and it's happy that actually goes in uh, and says, "Oh God, no, I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, they they did they definitely did Aunt May right, and having her work at Feast that's always that yeah. the more modern yeah. Aunt May's have always worked at Feast and uh, well, it's in the it's in the video game. Yes, yeah, and it, it's it's such a it's such a good example of her being a great person. Well, she she almost tells him to fix the villains rather than sending them back or killing them yeah i mean she she's the moral center of the movie and uh and i love the fact that it's her that gives the great power great responsibility yeah so on that because i kind of assumed because obviously they didn't do the retelling again which i mean there are a few lines in homecoming i think when he says to ned you know the spider's gone and and he, in here he just says we're getting bit by a spider but they, you don't have the they don't show it again and again and again which is good so I mm. assumed that you just, you know, you meant to know he had an uncle, but I don't think, I, I guess he didn't, that it was just, you know, it, it was just Aunt May, because there's never anyone else mentioned. No, I, I think he did. I think he did have an Uncle Ben, uh, because okay. that's why she's overprotective of him in Homecoming, because of the, they, they, they kind of make, it's, it's very sort of like uh, implicit references but you know with everything that's happened with may that sort of thing and you oh yes that's that, true yes yeah that his parents are no longer around either that's why he's with his aunt may so i i do think that an uncle ben existed but i also like the fact that in this one uh because that's the thing uncle ben wasn't the one who said that line oh, okay in the comics it's, it's the narrator it's actually kind of stan lee really <laughs> saying with great power there must also come great responsibility and i like the fact that it's aunt may who says that and that word for word one there must also come great responsibility because okay when you say with great power comes great responsibility that's almost like saying that great responsibility comes as like a package deal with the great power yeah so with great power there must also come 
great responsibility. I'm just a stickler for no, you no, know right. <laughs> things like that. Because they kind of said a few like in um, in uh, in Civil War, he says uh, to Tony something like, "When you can do the things I do." Um, and you don't, and bad stuff still happens, that's on you, which is pretty much saying the same thing, but kind of not saying with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, Martin Sheen has a has a, a sort of weird garbled version of it. Yes, and it, yeah, so it's a way of saying it. So that, that wasn't said, that was only said by Uncle Ben in Spider-Man, in the, in the, in the Sam Raimi film. Yeah. Okay. So, so to get, which I will, I believe is, is now the proper definitive version, the with great power there must also come great responsibility i loved that and i i loved the fact as i said that it was there must also come which i think is an important distinction yeah as soon as you said that i th- yeah she was obviously not long for it and i think because because aunt may died I, I kind of knew that mj was safe yeah well and that's the thing i was i was i i kind of knew it would have to come but i was gutted i i just because marissa to me has been such a such a brilliant presence yeah but you know that's the thing. She sets she sets Peter on the path that of, of you know the proper Spider-Man path now, and and that's good. And yeah, saving the villains instead of kind of wanting to actually cure and help them rather than just sending them to their deaths is is a really interesting, very Spider-Man thing to do. It wasn't May's death that got me. Like I was sad hmm. and I, I I felt like a bit hollow afterwards. But it's the scene where Peter's on the rooftop and MJ and Ned hug him. And he's just sobbing. Yeah, that really got to me, like because it was it was such a lovely friendship moment as well. Them being there for for someone they love and and that that whole thing that was really realistic, despite the fact that you know he's Spider Man and then two other Spider Men show up yeah. in that same scene. Like, but it keeps that thing at the core. It keeps the kids at the core of it all. Well, that's what I was saying about the 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 college admission. Yeah, that that isn't a world you know, world ending, you know, really big threat, but it is still important. You do, you do get invested in it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And, and, and that's it. So, you know, it, it, it's so, so well done. So yeah. Uh, the villains, I think people had forgotten. I'd certainly forgotten a little bit how good Willem Dafoe was and seeing him as like a kind of confused man, to start with, like yeah. a, a feast customer, and then slowly morphing into... And I love, I love the apartment scene where Peter's spider, or Peter Tinkle, uh, but his spider sense is going off and he doesn't know why. Yeah, and you, you, I think you're kind of led to believe it's Electro that's doing it. Yeah, but no, it's because it's because the goblin has taken control of Norman Osborn again. And it's such a great scene. So good. Yeah, so th- that, that whole thing, Willem Dafoe... It, his this goblin is brutal. Yeah, their fight in the in the apartment block is incredible. It's vicious. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, so so good. And yeah, so I it was, I was I was concerned it just was going to be. Oh hey, look guys, we got Willem Dafoe back. Isn't that crazy? But no, he puts in again a proper goblin performance, and I think the best goblin performance he's done. So, so good. And Alfred Molina, I thought his kind of turn from Doc Ock to Otto Octavius, I thought that was really well done. I always liked him being confused, like confused with when the sort of nanotech takes over his tentacles. Yeah. That whole thing was really cool. And him him sort of helping them. Yeah, and Electro, finally, I mean, Jamie Foxx is such a talented actor and a really gifted comedian as well. And they somehow forgot both of those things with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
But in this one, he actually he, he gets some proper fun lines, and I love I love his whole thing where he's disappointed that Peter isn't black. Yes, and I love Andrew Garfield's kind of guilt that he isn't as well. <laughs> exactly, and Andrew Garfield. I mean, this is this is absolutely the Andrew Garfield redemption story. Isn't oh it? yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. And and I that's one of the things I found so frustrating about the Amazing Spider-Man movies is it's clear that Andrew Garfield loved the character yeah, and loved yeah. being the character and is an incredibly talented actor. I knew he was a talented actor before I'd seen in Never Let Me Go and he, mm. he delivers such a powerful performance in that. I was like, what, this dude's going to be Peter Parker? I can't wait. But then just the script sucked around him, you know? It was kind of... And, and it was it was hard to see someone doing their best against overwhelming odds. And, and so... Having this and making sort of jokes at the Amazing Spider-Man's expense, but it feeling genuine and the whole "I love you guys" thing was so good. Yeah, it, it's it's great. And and then obviously the moment where he catches MJ. Yes, finally. Yeah, that was great. And just the relief on his face. I know, but I, I can't think of any other film that's done that where they've they've had a redemption arc that crosses entire series. Yeah. That's insane. Well, it was redeeming, you know. It was it was almost redeeming his his version of Spider Man as well, and the Amazing Spider Man films. Yeah, but that's the thing because he couldn't catch Gwen Stacy, or you know, he did, but too late, and she bounced off the concrete. Like yeah. the fact that that works, and and assumes your sort of foreknowledge of all the other Spider Man movies is so good, is so so good. And I've seen people talk about that moment, and just yeah, the sort of relief. And the sort of just the mixed emotions going on, and as I said, Andrew Garfield is an incredibly talented actor. Oh yeah, and, and he was a great Peter, he was a great Peter Parker in this as well. He was, he was brilliant. Yeah. I, I was more excited to see him than I was um, Tobey Maguire. I was as well because it felt like Tobey Maguire got a proper. I mean, he got a trilogy. He got mm. you know he got his own kind of thing. Whereas Andrew Garfield was always a bit of a what if type thing, but not a Marvel presents what if, yeah. just a general what if. Um, yeah, and so I, I, you know, I loved seeing Tobey Maguire, and he looked great, and I, I liked his his sort of like older thing. I liked him talking about his back. Yes, again, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked the whole discussion about him having organic web as opposed to the other two having web shooters. That was cool, mm. you know. But again, like on paper, these these all sound like the worst, most cringeworthy ideas. It could have been written by Reddit. Well, even the bit where uh, where they're all sent under Garfield, no, you're amazing, and it's like, I am, I am amazing. Yeah, but it's it's so good that I I honestly I, this just chatting about it is making me want to see it again. Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. just it, it's it was so much fun. I love the Ned bit about is there another Ned somewhere or you know do you have a friend? So yeah, he died in my arms after trying to kill me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and him being, I I definitely think they they are actually going to make him a supervillain at some point. I hope not. I really have not. Why? I don't know. He's just a nice character. I like Ned. I know, but yeah, I I do as well. I mean, I mean, in the comic books, he was one of the many hobgoblins yeah. that they had. Yeah, they could do it. Yeah, I I hope not as well. I think they should keep Ned and MJ pure, but they're probably not going to. Yeah, this is like the perfect version of of all that crap because it, it does. It is like fan fiction just writ large, isn't it? It's like, and then Daredevil comes back, and then Doctor Strange says this, and then the other Spider-Men come back, and all the villains, and and just like, okay, chill. Which is weird because you know previously we've kind of, well, possibly me more than you, have kind of railed against 
uh, sort of fan service in films. Like it ruined um, Star Wars Nine. Um, that kind of entitled, I'll put this in it, do that, make it how I want it. Yeah, this yeah, really works. It's because it, uh, that's because I think Rise of Skywalker was just fan service propped up with nothing. I think this, as I said before, it's got the focus on the story. It's got characters that people love. Yeah, and they've done they've done the groundwork, and they've they've done all these things. And it, it's it's weird how certain fan service moments get called out more than others. The the one I keep seeing is the one in Endgame, where you have all the women sort of standing shoulder to shoulder. Mm. Despite Endgame being fan service, the fucking movie, there are still people who have a problem with, oh, the, the women were all together at one point, and oh, it's cringy, and oh, and you just like... I don't like that you. bit. And I, I, don't, I don't like that bit, yeah, because it doesn't... Women. Because it's, it was done much better in, Endgame, in Infinity War, that bit where, you know... Yeah, yeah. Had they not had the Infinity War yeah. thing, that that she's not cool. alone. It just, I don't know... But the entire film was like yeah no I, I appreciate I, I appreciate that but it was almost like Marvel going look see we can do diversity we've got loads of women even though we've only just done a film like centered around a female superhero yeah yeah fair but I that's my that's my issue with it I mean it, it's yeah I just it's a bit like them blowing their own trumpet when there's a bit a bit premature yeah no i i i will i will concede on that point i i've never had a problem with the uh with the human thing because as i said it's just it's just the same like cat picking up mjolnir to me it's just like yeah cool i really oh, no, don't mind i i understand that my, my feeling is it's almost like them shouting about look you know look oh look we could do an a force but we're not going to yeah no i i i, I see that i i, I concede that but yeah, this is yeah, this is a ton of fan service, and and it, it just works. And mm. but I think I think that's the thing because it's funny because I was thinking about Rise of Skywalker. I I'm always thinking right about Rise of Skywalker against my will. It's always brought up by something, and then it's just like a bad memory. I have to sort of drink to forget about it. You know, it said the last film that made a billion at the box office prior to No Way Home mm. was Rise of Skywalker, and you know, and I was thinking, oh god damn. And yeah, but that was just that was just empty fan service. That was just fan service. I think this ties it together in a way that actually works. And even if you didn't understand, you know, despite what that fucking miserable twat who wants people to stop the clapping because you're ruining cinema. Ah, I, th- I think that even if you didn't have that foreknowledge, you, you could still enjoy the movie because it's a well-constructed movie and has a story and characters you can invest in, like you said, with the with these sort of uh, college applications and things like that. Like, it it should work on a soap opera thing, you know. It's like the normal life and and the superhero life. They they should have the the soap opera elements to it, where both are interesting, and you know have unforeseen kinks. So yeah, no, it's it's great. It's great. I, I was I was there were a couple of mild disappointments for me in this movie only very very mild i i wanted to see kind of more of sandman and lizard i think they were probably the more underserved yeah. of all the villains but you know there's going to be there's going to be a thing and at least they got some moments i wanted to see a bit more of flash because uh, i've i've always stuck up for this version of flash i i, I like him anyway because i like tenure ever laurie yeah and he he is great but the sort of reveal 
that 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 pe- uh, Penis Parker was Spider Man. Like yeah. I, I felt like it that needed room to breathe, and him with the sort of blonde highlights and everything. I yeah, I kind of dug it, but I could have I. I wanted to see more of that. I kind of wanted to see that in its own kind of thing where they're still at school, but you know, that's just, that's just fan casting at that point. Yeah, that was cool. And then the, the mid credits sequence. Yes. Yeah. Cause I always like it when you see a Marvel film before I do. So you can tell me whether it's worth sitting through the credits or not. Yeah. And it was, I mean, little did I know the Dr. Strange trailer, the very post post credit scene that would, would be on the internet soon enough. I mean, I kind of figured it wasn't going to be that long, but still, hmm. But with that one, like I was really interested because I still haven't seen Let There Be Carnage. I haven't seen any of the Venom films. I don't think you need to hurry. Okay. Um, well, Venom is all right. It sort of works despite it being just kind of bad. It's a very, very strange one, is Venom. And I'm sure Let There Be Carnage is a, is an even stranger one. But the thing, I guess, spoilers for Let There Be Carnage as well, they have a post credit scene in that. They do, yeah. Where he gets transported to the MCU, basically. And you have Tom Holland's Spider-Man on the TV screen, and you have J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. That's the thing as well. That was another disappointment, just a side point. I wanted to see more of Jameson, but hopefully they'll keep him in that sort of thing going forward because J.K. Simmons is the best. I, I, I liked that he was... Um plugging like sort of supplements wasn't he yeah well he's he's just a very very thinly veiled alex jones kind of guy yeah it's great so yeah so tom hardy's eddie brock gets transported to the mcu and then in this sort of credit scene he gets magic back out and leaving a bit of the symbiote behind yeah that bums me out if we're not going to get tom hardy in these movies if it's if it's just a way to get the venom symbiote into the MCU. Well, it could go on to uh, Flash, couldn't it, I think? Because isn't there a comic where Flash is Venom? Yeah, well, yeah, he, he becomes a uh, soldier, and it's part of the sort of... It, it's part of a military thing, and he becomes Agent Venom. But he's kind of he's kind of more of a good guy. What they may do is Matt Gargan is Venom at one point. And Matt Gargan we've already seen in these movies, because okay. he's Michael Mando. Who's that? Michael Mando is the guy from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Vass in um, Far Cry 3. Very cool dude. I uh, like him a lot. Yeah, so they were teasing him being Scorpion, because that's kind of what Matt Gargan is, is mostly known mm. for being. But he could also be Venom. So that might be a way of kind of keeping them separate. But then I wanted to see Tom Hardy and Tom Holland have a fight, you know? I wanted to because Tom Hardy's. I, I guess they just they want him to be the anti-hero, so having him be a proper villain isn't really going to work for them. But it seems strange to sort of magic him to the MCU, and then just magic him back out again, just leaving a tiny bit of the suit behind. That sort of bummed me out a little bit, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, they've made some really really interesting choices so far. And and maybe maybe there could be some crossover thing at some point because I think Sony are really really tying themselves to Marvel Studios now, aren't they? I think so because they said that because the, sorry, obviously there was the falling out um, in between Far From Home and this, where they sort of yeah. said they were going to make a film. I think it was going to be about Spider-Man versus Craven the Hunter. I think mm. as sort of as, as almost a standalone MCU free film because they. The, they were saying that you know they didn't need Kevin Feige to to produce 
the producer, they knew what they were doing. But they've now said that that won't happen again and they will continue. I mean, they've said they're going to make another three at least. Yeah. Although Tom Holland seems to be out of contract. I'm I'm almost certain he's going to carry on. Um, you, cause I thought the deal to come back for this was that he'd be in this and another Marvel film, like a non-Spider-Man film. Quite possibly. I mean, they can renegotiate contracts, and he's mm, doing true, Uncharted true. as well, so he's yeah. going to have contact with Sony. I think with this, because they did say that they're having an, yeah another another sort of trilogy. Mm. I'm definitely down for it. I mean, and I would love Craven the Hunter to be done right. Craven the Hunter uh, is going to be uh, uh, Aaron something, not Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, the right. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they were they were doing that, and they did. Yes, that was I forgot about that. Yeah, so maybe they'll work him in somehow. Quite possibly. Who knows? Who the hell knows at this point? The film's ending. I kind of figured that was where they were going to go with it, so that everyone forgets that he's Spider Man. Yeah, it's also quite a good way of taking him out of the MCU if they need to. Like if if their deal breaks down again, he's no longer technically part of it anymore. Yeah, I mean basically. To me, like with this sort of, it sort of addressed that that whole people talking about this sort of Iron Boy thing. I mean, at the end of the movie, he's got a crappy apartment. Mm. He's got homemade suit. Homemade suit, which I wish we'd got a better look at, because it does seem quite shiny. Yes, yeah. But sort of cool at the same time. I mean, you know, I just like seeing Spider-Man suits. Well, so I think because there's a bit, there's a bit earlier on in the film where he said, where he tried to use. Uh, well, when he was in his suit, the, St- the Stark system's offline now, isn't it? So he, so he was already kind of at a disadvantage. Mm. And then he had to wear the suit inside out, and that kind of destroyed all the ad- electronics on it. And he lost he lost the nanotech to... Yeah, I like, I like the inside-out suit as well. Yes, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Because the, 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 the ending is pure Spider-Man to me. The, the sort of... Christmas Eve. So it's now a Christmas film. So it kind of ties into the tail end of our <laughs> Christ- yeah, Christmas was. period. It, it actually was, yeah. You know, the emotional goodbye of, of MJ and Ned forgetting who he is. Oh, God. Then, uh, yeah, that's so sad. I know. And, and like, you know, they're like, come, you know, MJ's like, come find me. Yeah. And and, and tell us and, and whatever. And, and then he doesn't. Like, that... When Ned walked in, I assumed they were going to be an item. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think they are. No, I know. But there was a, there was uh, a bit where I thought... Yeah, there was a moment where you thought he was just going to plant one on her and yeah. then, yeah... And I hope I hope Zendaya and uh, Jacob Batalon are back at some point because, yeah, this film especially they've they've, they've been so good. so good, yeah, yeah. And and I really hope that isn't the end to their story because it's it yeah as you said it's just too sad. Like I was I was more upset by that yeah than Aunt May dying yeah yeah because I mean I think quite easily with with the three of them. One or other, one or, one of either MJ or Ned could have kind of been almost cast into the background, mm. like Ron Weasley. But they they are quite a strong trio together. I, d- I don't think, it, you know, Peter and MJ's relationship doesn't overshadow Ned. He's always still part of it. He's not like a third wheel or anything. And yeah, and I thought the little uh, Lego Palpatine. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get emotional over a Lego figure, but <laughs> here I am. Well, I you did know, like uh, I did like the the arm knocking over the Death Star. Yes, <laughs> yeah that that dummy arm has had a hell of an MCU kind of story, going from the first Iron Man to now. Hmm. It's been in so many of them. 
I'd, I'd like to do a thing at one point of like the the kind of surprisingly uh, fleshed out backstories of very very secondary slash background characters in the MCU because the uh, the guy the do a flip guy from Homecoming remember he's like hey the Spider Man off YouTube do a flip yeah well that's that's him on the bus in Shang Chi yes yeah. Yeah, so so the fact that these people keep showing up, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I, yeah, I really, I, I think Zendaya has been brilliant, mm. especially brilliant out of the two. But Jacob Battle, I mean, you'd want him as your right hand man, wouldn't you? You'd yeah, want him as your guy in the, in chair. the chair. Yeah, yeah, and he's magical as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows with that? Who knows what's if if they, you know, he's he's got some kind of ability there clearly but who knows um and happy hogan as well i'm I'm sad that he lost happy as well yeah i could see that being it for him in uh, in the mcu yeah i think so i think it, I, I, I and do you know what i i think that as fantastic as john favreau has been i think i think it would it would make sense for him to to depart now i'd, I'd like to see him turn up occasionally but he's sort of like He's passed the baton, hasn't he, to, uh, yeah. to Tom Holland? So I suppose if they ever do that Armor Wars TV series, he could be in that. But yeah, I I hope because John Favreau, he's he's such a he's such a likable mm. dude in general, and and it, it's always been it's always been great to see him. But it, this would be a good departure point for him. I just don't want to say I don't want to say goodbye to any of these characters. No, I know, but it was kind of almost left that it could be. You know, they could just start again with a different person. Um, yeah. Be that Miles Morales or, um, yeah. Um, it, it sort of it could continue or it could just be he's off now fighting crime at a street level. Mm. Well, I, I, definitely, I definitely think sort of stripping it down to, you know, crappy apartment, homemade suit. Yeah. I think that is going to be more of a street level thing. Uh, they've, they've done the Avengers thing now. And it's worked, and it's, it's, it, and it's sufficiently different enough from Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man films. Yeah, well, I liked I liked that joke with the three Spider-Man, where he's like, he brags about the Avengers, yeah. and he's like, "Oh wow, the Avengers! <laughs> that's great. What's the Avengers? What's the Avengers? You know, like as that's great." Um, I'd love to see a series of just um, Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland, uh, uh, Tom McGuire going around as old Spider-Man, older Spider-Man. Mm, I. I mean, Tobey Maguire. I can see him just coming back, and 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 this being it, I could see Andrew Garfield doing some multiversal stuff as yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, I think he loves the character enough. Not that Tobey Maguire doesn't, but I think he, it it still feels like he could go. Whereas, well, they could put him into Venom Three. Mm, I I hope now with the sort of future Spider-Man movies, I really hope they keep Tom Holland because I think he's he's the best mm, of the yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as he gets older, I, I kind of, I don't want Peter Parker to be time locked as a teenager because they, because while a lot of the iconic comics deal with him in school and balancing that and, you know, balancing kind of his shitty job at the Daily Bugle and everything, there are whole other like bits of his life that could be focused on, including when he becomes a teacher. I think that would be really interesting. It's just, yeah, this movie, man, it, it, like, I was so prepared for, like, elements of it to go wrong. And, you know, and, and I'd been like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they, they sort of bit off more than they could chew. But they didn't. No, it didn't feel overstuffed. It also didn't feel like a, was it more than two hour long movie? Yeah. 
there has been some complaining going about uh, recently on film Twitter about runtimes, yes. and I understand that. I don't know. I sometimes feel like I can get more value for money if it's a longer film. I guess so, but it, but that's the thing. It depends if it feels it or not. Yeah. You know, like with Dune, I didn't feel that that was a long movie because I was invested the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I'd say the, the, yeah, the couple of films I've seen this year uh, at the cinema, Dune, Spider-Man and James Bond, haven't felt like they've been two and a half plus. No, I mean, I definitely felt it when I got out of the cinema and I noticed that, you know, it was dark and <laughs> and I was I was kind of like weirdly tired. But uh, but other than that... You feel it during the credits waiting for the end credit. Thing, yes, but, yeah. yes, I suppose... But yeah, it's it's weird how how those have kind of held the attention, and and this especially did not feel its runtime at all. This movie, man, this this goddamn movie, and I I don't feel comfortable enough to like sort of put it in the sort of overall rankings of things. I think I need to see it a few more times at least. Okay, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I I really hope that. There were some kind of people were saying that, you know, when uh, you got the sort of Statue of Liberty kind of finale and you've got the sort of multiverse and the universe is sort of cracking around them and everything. Yeah. Yet some kind of there are some kind of familiar shapes coming I th- through. I th- yeah, you could see somebody. I think it was meant to be Craven the Hunter. I, I thought there'd be a few, you know, I would have liked to have seen a Miles Morales or Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen. Yes, Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen would be fantastic. Yeah. That, that really would be good. I mean, yeah, I think some people said they saw Rhino in there, but like okay. maybe not not the Paul Giamatti scenery chewing one. I love that bit where uh, we're sort of like comparing notes. You know, he's been to yeah, space. And where he admits that the villains he's had are lame compared yeah. to the other two. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, and Tom Holland's. I just thought a crazy Russian in a Rhino suit. So, yeah, in a way, this does feel like sort of Andrew Garfield's Deadpool, doesn't it? Yes, yes, yes. That's a good thing. Yeah, good. Kind of, it does feel like just it. It's it's therapy that we're all paying for. I'm happy to pay for his therapy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm I'm super happy to. I mean, yeah. I other mild disappointments. I I do want Mysterio to come back. I've always Mysterio has always been one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, and and I thought Jake Gyllenhaal did such a fantastic job. And I would like this sort of ultimate thing is him not being dead. That would be cool, but there's there's a possibility down the line for that. I'd like to see Michael Keaton's Vulture come back as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in Morbius, isn't he? Yeah, but I don't think he's playing Adrian Toomes, or is he? Because I'm, I'm not sure how Morbius is... I, I mean, Morbius, I saw the trailer for it again hmm. uh, before Spider-Man, and, oh, it does not look good. I'll, I'll, I'll save judgment until the fun thing, but, oh... I mean, what what's your read on Morbius? I don't really know anything about the character, but he's like a vampire. Yeah, that, that's that's the plot in a nutshell. <laughs> he's like a vampire. <laughs> but, you know, the, and I was just thinking then about sort of No Way Home. That has some really interesting things. I liked another trip to the Mirror Dimension with Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, we haven't talked about, about that. Strange. Yeah. I would have liked to see more Doctor Strange, but then we're getting a whole film with him. Hmm. I like that Wong is now uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yes. On a technicality. Yeah. That was interesting, and I like I like the fact that Strange is the sort of like I know better kind of guy, you know, the sort of winking at Peter like yeah, no, don't worry, don't worry, we we got this. But I I also like the fact that he he reminds us how young Peter is because he says you know I forget you're just a kid, mm. but he does have a bit about 
you resorted to magic without founding the uh, the university to ask them to change their mind first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that sequence, that sort of fight that they have, and 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 it's really good. Yeah, amazing yeah. stuff. But again, it's the sort of thing where you sort of become kind of used to it. Like, because I remember seeing uh, Doctor Strange uh, at the IMAX, and those those kind of city bending sort of refracting kaleidoscope type things like it it felt like my eyes were being sort of pulled out of their sockets whereas this i'm just kind of like yeah whatever eight trains yeah and spider-man's there too (laughs) like but it but it is it is awesome to see but it's nice it has a visual language as well that you recognize that you know when you start seeing that sort of particular portal it's a doctor strange thing yeah well exactly and i i especially think that uh scott derrickson the director of the first doctor strange movie um he 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 definitely needs to be commended for that as well because uh because it's sam raimi doing the this doctor strange movie coming out yeah well scott directing tweeted the other day that he's he's happy they've kept kind of the the portal language yeah i definitely think that was one of the one of the best things about doctor strange was that sort of thing so uh so yes but I, i i I'm sure he gets plenty of praise and everything, but it, it it has to be said that it does feel a little bit like he was sort of just pushed out. Like a lot of the a lot of the other directors, you know, they've had the thing and then they've got to come back for the second one. I I, I feel it wasn't his choice to be it, sort of pushed to, out. It was to do with the age or creative differences, but it, I think it was to do with the tone or something. Mm. Well, he's a horror guy really so hmm. i imagine maybe he wanted to get into the sort of eldritch horrors and all of that whereas marvel were like no scarlet witch which again could completely work like the with the you could find a thing but you know it is a shame but sam raimi directing an mcu movie i'm down for that too yeah so yeah i mean i, I i'm trying to think of of anything else about this movie but it's it's just going to be oh and that bit oh and that bit i loved it i really like the score uh michael uh giacchino 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 sorry michael giacchino i'm not entirely sure i I think it's italian i i really like uh his score for what for the for the trilogy of spider-man films i think he's been great and i think he Mm. did the music for doctor strange as well so he sort of incorporated bits into this one Yes, I've I've often said that the the Doctor Strange theme is really really underappreciated in the whole thing. So hearing elements of that when they're fighting in this sort of mirror dimension was really really cool. And there are elements of of like you know, Doctor Octopus from Spider Man Two in this in, in, in the score. Oh yeah, well, a bit of know. bit of Danny Elfman coming yeah, in yeah. as well. Yeah, and that that's cool. That's that's great because Danny Elfman did a fantastic job as well. But uh, but yeah, I I I think old uh, Mickey G. He's he's a bit of a genius. It's not, it I mean, I think he's done well that he, that Spider Man now has of this Spider Man has a recognisable theme that isn't the you know Spider Man Spider Man that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does. I, but uh, the fact that they've got an orchestral version of that as well, and that's become an official theme as well, is is great. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's got his uh, he's got his own kind of. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I like how that can be that can be like playful. Yes. Like you know him him kind of doing stuff, but it could also be like uh, properly heroic. Yeah. Well, he old Mickey G did the music for like The Incredibles and Ratatouille, and, and Lost. He's, just, he's 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 fantastic. He really is, and he loves he loves a good pun. 
I think we've said this before, but all nearly all of his uh, film track titles are big old puns. Yes, no, I agree. Yes, I, I did. I did mean to mention the music, and uh, and I forgot. But it's a good thing I've got my co-host here to swing in. Thwip. Hopefully, you'll swing it again sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> No, I loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, it's the first Marvel film I've seen in the cinema since uh, Endgame. Um, and of the ones that's been released, I've not seen Eternals yet. Um, I, I understand that's not been the most well-received one, but I, I, it's, it's the best Marvel thing I've seen this year, including all the For TV sure. shows as well. Yeah, you you up to date on Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed Hawkeye. I thought, I thought that was great. Yeah, and Kingpin's back. Mm. So... Daredevil, Kingpin, I mean, both of which featured heavily in Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. I, and I would love to see Tom Holland take on uh, D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Well, I'm also super excited for Across the Spider-Verse, part one. Yes, that part one was a hell of a reveal. Hmm. In fact, thank you for mentioning that, because they definitely took some notes when seeing Into the Spider-Verse, didn't yeah, they, for yeah. their way home? Yeah. And why not? It absolutely works. Into the Spider-Verse, uh, you know, I don't call films this often, Rob, but it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Into Spider-Verse is, is fantastic, yeah. 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 Um, and and I think sort of cribbing notes from, from that to sort of work for the live-action Spider-Man is a great idea. I mean, Marvel aren't afraid of money, are they? <laughs> well, they the, there's meant to be that, they wrote, that apparently Lord Miller wrote a scene involving the three live-action Spider-Man, but it was nixed. Well, that could happen now. But maybe it didn't happen because of this one. Quite possibly. We'd never know. But I do wish, I, I do wish, like, everyone was trying their hardest to spoil the fact that Garfield and Maguire were in this movie. And yeah, I do wish yeah. they'd stop asking them in interviews and everything. Like, because they're obviously not going to go, yeah, we're in it. Because what are you going to do if you go, yeah. It's obviously not going to be that. Yeah. So why are you, why are you asking? What, what is the point of that? Like, because, you know, and I haven't seen it yet. I do intend to check it, but Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, apparently it's fantastic. And, you know, so Andrew Garfield was doing a bunch of press for that. And nearly every interview said, are you in the new Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't get it. Okay, so that's another thing. Stop asking directors what they think of the MCU unless they're like, yeah, I'd like to work. I'd like to work with Marvel on that. That would be cool. But, like, yeah, but now they're asking, as he asked Tom Holland what he thought of Martin Scorsese's comments, which was years ago now, he said yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know. And it's, it's just a massive feedback loop, isn't it? What's he, oh, he's not supposed to say, oh, yeah, he's absolutely right, Marvel films are trash. What's he, what's he supposed <laughs> yeah, exactly. to say? So, yeah, it, I'm hopeful for the future of, uh, of Spider-Man. I mean, clearly, with a billion dollars racked up so far, yeah. he ain't going anywhere anytime soon. But I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that Tom Holland and and this sort of this sort of stable of characters yes uh, yeah. going forward with sticks. I'd, I'd like to see yeah MJ and Ned come back. Yes. Well, played by Zendaya and Jacob Adler. Yeah. I, I hope that it isn't just Tom Holland, you know, as Spider Man, but without. But then I guess him sort of I guess creeping at them or creeping upon them on in MIT will be a bit weird. Quite possibly because yeah. he's kind of decided to let them go and let them go on with their lives. I don't know how it's how it's how it's going to pan out. I think I think the whole thing about 
being a Spider-Man fan is is Spider-Man usually doesn't get what he wants hmm. because of the great responsibility that must also come with the great power, you know? He's his own harshest critic. And to the point where he feels guilty when something good happens for him. All of that is perfect Parker luck. You know, that whole, if something can go wrong in his personal life, it will. It, it is sad, but I, I maybe, yeah, maybe leave it a film, give it like some breathing room and then come back to it. But they need to get Zendaya back because she has been so good. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, really. I, I, yeah, I can't think of anything else to say, but I love this movie. I, I was so happy with it. I was just, I was blown away by it. I was, I was just like, this, this shouldn't work. This honestly shouldn't work, but it does. And somehow it will keep fans of the old series happy as well as fans of the new series happy. It keeps everything in balance. It's perfectly balanced as, as all things should be. You know, it's so good. And I, 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 I'm struggling for words now, despite the fact that I've talked for like an hour and a half about how great this movie is. You know, it's, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you got the same sort of charge from it as well. Like I, I I'm, I'm really charge. pleased about that. <laughs> yes, yes, an electro charge, like, like that guy Electro in the <laughs> Spider-Man movie that we watched. While I was always going to stamp all over your quieter opinion with my, oh, I love Spider-Man, oh, don't talk to me about Spider-Man things, it does seem that you are as enthusiastic as I am about it. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that does make me happy. That does put a smile on my face. I, I'm Rock Phil. <laughs> I, no, I, I like Spider-Man. I mean, I, I know I don't like it as much as you with your keeping of gates, but... Um... <laughs> what, what, what is this gatekeeper thing? Like... I don't know. <laughs> But I'd say Spider-Man is probably up there as one of my favourite. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Me too. By the way, I wanted to say as well, you know you said I'm kind of like uh, Ryan Gosling in La La Land in the way that I get annoyed at people liking things in the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's just, anyway, you start with the sentence with, you said I'm like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, you said I'm like Ryan Gosling because I'm like enigmatic and handsome and things. Uh, no, I, I I tell you who I'm more like. It's a, it's a comparison that has been made before. Is Jack Black in High Fidelity? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Because remember when he won't sell an album to the guy? Yep. Because he doesn't. Yeah, that sort of gatekeepy kind of thing. And I really try not to be. I fandom is such a welcoming thing, and I I really think it's awful when when people do gatekeep. But I yeah, I do get my bad takes sometimes. That doesn't no, mean I'm not welcoming. Weirdly, I've never, um, I've never drawn that comparison because I think I've only seen the film once, but I've read the book a bunch of times because I loved that book when, uh, when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think I, I don't think I would ever say, say that because in the book I find Jack the character of Jack Black in the book is quite uh, quite an ass. Yes, well, so am I to a certain extent. Yeah. But you should you should yeah watch High Fidelity again. There, there'll be there's definitely some kind of parallels there that bum me out a little bit but not so much that i want to change <laughs> so <sighs> so i think that will do our spider pod mate i think we've i think we've covered it all yes uh i'm yeah i'm incredibly happy with it i'm well at some point we're going to do the live action films uh the Tobey Maguire, andrew garfield and tom holland ones and then maybe come up with an overall spider ranking 
Yeah, I was thinking maybe that if we do the live action kind of things, but maybe as like a bonus one, because we could chat about Into the Spider-Verse as well, but mm. maybe you can wait until the sequels are out for that one, I guess. Yeah. Because I, I still think at the moment, personal rankings, I think Into the Spider-Verse is still my number one favorite Spider-Man Yeah, me too, movie. yeah. So, uh, so we'll, we'll see. But if that's sort of like out of the running, then it'll be interesting to see, to rank the sort of Maguire and... Uh, Garfield and the other two Hollands uh, as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we definitely have to do more Spider-Man stuff because, dude, I fucking love Spider-Man. So uh, I don't know if it's come up on this part. How many Funko Pops do you have of Spider-Man? Oh, don't don't out me like this. Twenty different versions. Oh, is that eight? I thought you had loads. I've got Miles Morales. I've got a gingerbread Spider-Man. Oh, you got them. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, I've got a Spider-Man 2099. Maybe at some point when I'm feeling brave enough, I'll upload a picture of all my Spider Pops. But uh, shut up, Rob. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback on this or any film. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod, on Twitter on popcornbucketpd, or at www.popcornbucket.com. Thank you very much to Lawrence Owen of Longcat Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast. And you can now do a rating on Spotify um, if that's where you listen to us. And please subscribe and share with your friends. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. Excelsior. Okay, I thought you'd have like a specific Spider-Man exit. No, just Stanley. Excelsior. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs>